Okay, we'll read it and then, so uh, Christian, um, what I mentioned was this idea of taking the backward step. So we see something confusing or hear something confusing that we don't understand. And rather than immediately making up a story, we just let it move through us and see what happens. Because in the end, I, I was talking earlier today with a food nutritionist and she was telling me that the, the body doesn't lie. Nice to see you again. <laughs> nice to see you, Kim. <laughs> the body doesn't lie, but the mind does. So let the body kind of be the navigator here. Okay, Emily. So what we do, Christian, is we, and, and Melissa, hi. Melissa, we, um, well, you've been here before, but we, um, we read the koan and then we sit for 10 minutes and then we'll read it again and read and discuss it and then read the commentary. And so, uh, let's go, Emily. Okay. One day, young one called to his assistant, bring me the rhinoceros fan. The assistant said, it is broken. <laughs> young one said, in that case, bring me the rhinoceros. <laughs> okay. So let me know what came up. I'm curious. What came up for you? Let me go back to the koan itself. I just thought it was funny. It just um, made me laugh. One of the things that Peg at Appamata keeps uh, saying about koans is they're about relationships. So what is the relationship between these two people? So who's Yangguan again? <clears throat> is he a, Bud a monk? I would think so, yes. Yeah. It's always interesting when someone's named and someone isn't named because then you assume the named one is someone known or more famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, important. Is there exasperation here with, is it, is it just funny? I, I, I kind of think he's, he's trying to, um, I'm sorry, my blood sugar's low, so it's going to be, um, I think he's, he's kind of trying to put the assistant at ease, you know, I think the assistant is probably, oh my gosh, he wants this fan and it's broken and I hadn't gotten it fixed and, and now I got to tell him and, and he's like, well, just bring me the rhinoceros. You know, I think, I mean, that's not very deep, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Lynn? I think in this case, instead of the relationship between the two persons, for me to be the relationship between the two mentioned parts, I, I don't know how to call it. Uh, I mean, in this case, the rhinoceros. 
and the fun. For me, it could be more to go deeper between those since it was not one not since once oh, sorry since one was not available the other one supplemented the one that was called that's what i got and you deal with this a lot with paintings where there's the painting and then the object yeah I want to see this rhinoceros fan. It looks <laughs> pretty exquisite. What do you think, Christian? Wait, well, you're, I think you might be muted. Well, that, that might help. Um, I think along the same lines, it's, I think it has to do with interdependence and interconnection on some level that, that the two things are if you don't have one, you can have the other, and it's it's the same because they're not different things in in, in some way. Um, when we're talking about relationships and how everything's everything's related, and so I think um, for me there's there's a an interdependent element here that's part of sort of the subtext of in the playfulness and the fun of it. Like so many Cohen's, yeah, there's, that has this fun element that seems to be at someone's expense, <laughs> but but that's okay. That, that's part of what makes it fun and interesting. Is that everyone? Cody, you're hiding out. Yeah, so you, you weren't supposed to find. Yeah. You're hiding within the question. <laughs> that makes sense. It's interesting what Christian brought up is the in that case. You know, would it be a different koan if it just said, bring me the rhinoceros? And you know, koans are public cases. And I don't know if that's connected to in that case, but. Go on, Cody. What would your kids say about this? One of your kids? They'd probably be confused. My you son know, would, he would my son would laugh. But he <clears throat> they'll probably both laugh, but he he he'll probably get a kick out of it. No, you'll have to tell read it to him. Let us Yeah, know. I'll read it to him. Okay. I'll read it to him later. Yeah, okay. Let's go on. So we'll read in this order, alphabetical, since that's all I can handle. And so it's uh, Cody, Christian, Emily, Kim, Melissa, Milan, Nandia. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, Cody, I'm sorry. Somehow Christian is alphabetically before you. <laughs> And right. also, Christian, would you, um, since this is recorded, would you say um, page chapter title? Yeah, and page 38 or something and chapter title. That would be great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, page 38, Meeting the Inconceivable. 
why sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. The Red Queen, recorded by Lewis Carroll. We sometimes think of consciousness as a lamp making a golden cone of light on the surface of a desk. Outside the yellow circle, everything is dark and unknown. The unusual way of approaching things is to try to extend the yellow circle into the darkness or perhaps to drag objects in from the dark. That is working out what you can conceive of, the bright area of what you already know. This koan takes things the other way. Here you depend on what is unknown and inconceivable to sustain you. Most of life is inconceivable. Even your left hand can't be fully conceived of, though it can be very useful. And if you try hard to conceive of what your hand does, it won't play the piano very well. The inconceivable is the source of all that comes into being. This koan is not about making what is unknown known. Instead, it is an exercise in relying on making friends with the inconceivable, taking a casual event to start an exploration into the unlit homes. Should I keep going or should we? Um, no, no, that's good. Any, any, anyone want to say anything about this so far? What's inconceivable here? Bringing a rhinoceros into a room. Yeah. And that it would have any use, any practical use <laughs> to doing that. Rhinoceros are um, very charming when they're not trying to kill you. They're very sweet. Hmm. You've had some contact with them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually got to pet one at a zoo. Um, and I saw a baby once that made the most sweet little sound. So they're, uh, they're very precious, like if they're not, you know, if their instincts aren't on high alert. You, you think that's important to the koan? Like, it's not bring me an elephant, not bring me a fire, a rock, a stone. I don't know if they knew. I mean, what you're saying yeah. makes it seem like there's something special about a rhino. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, I mean, they're thought of as magical creatures with their horns, of course. Uh, and probably they're thought of as like these huge tanks of creatures that would, you know, kind of destroy everything they come into contact with. But that seems important that you're starting with a small thing, a fan, and then you're doing this thing that's both magical and large. Mm -hmm. I also thought when I first read this, what what was the rhinoceros fan actually made of? I mean, is it it's skin yeah. I and mean, it's bone i mean that's just such a weird construct to even imagine that what that would be <laughs> or was it just painted yeah i think it could be that the, a rhinoceros was painted on the fan mm -hmm. that the fan used rhinoceros skin that the handle was made with rhinoceros horn it's sure. specifically yeah. vague could yeah. be anything yeah. Yeah. 
And, and it could just be that it was large, like the rhinoceros, a large fan, a rhinoceros. Right. Pig. Yeah. And um, my my wife talks to me about uh, in Japan, um, you always take a fan to a tea ceremony. So I, I suspect mm -hmm. people are carrying fans around all the time, but you never open the fan because that would suggest to the host that you're uncomfortable. I just like that. I don't know that, that that relates at all, but the fan's a pretty important object. Hmm. Uh, that etiquette is so Japanese. I mean, this is not a Japanese young boy. Right, right. Japanese, but that's what you describe is so Japanese. It, it's an important object, I, I would suspect. You know, everyone has fans and... Um, and then why is he asking for the fan? Is he is he warm? Does he need cooling down? You know, like we would say, would you turn the temperature down? Would you turn on the air conditioning? Uh, bring me the fan. Bring the fan. And then and then maybe there's another level of that. What does the fan do? Somehow, somehow he's uncomfortable. Made by the rhinoceros company <laughs> that, that was in that city at that time, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, the koan. And now it's uh, Cody. The koan. Rhinoceros. The Zen teacher, young one, had an assistant who had walked in from the desert following the Silk Road. When he reached China, he took off his shoes and black sand fell out of them. At Young One's place, he was given the job of making tea, taking messages and waiting around until he was needed. People came to Yang Wan because they suffered and didn't know what else to do. The assistant was usually present when the teacher had public conversations, and he noticed that Yang Guan had a knack of listening without putting distance between himself and the visitors. Soon, the visitors... The good, good guess. <laughs> the assistant, who had thought of himself merely as a witness, found himself being pulled into the stories he heard. He began to feel off balance a lot of the time. He felt even more off balance because with young one, he never knew whether he was in an ordinary conversation or not. Um, all our conversations are ordinary, said young one. Then why is it so hard for me to stay on my feet? The assistant asked. No need to stay on your feet. <laughs> and there he was, off balance again. Strangely enough, this being off balance gave him hope and led him to stay with the teacher. Something I've noticed about Beethoven is the brilliance, what he does. You guys are probably wondering what this has to do with Beethoven, but the, what he does is he gives you something really great that follows but isn't expected. And I think in the koan, it's like that. There's many things that could follow from, the, you know, well, go fix the fan or give me another fan or, you know, but then bring me the right. The, you know, it's a really nice jump. And that's often in koans, isn't it? 
that there's this yeah. it's not the expected answer but it, it it's an answer that t is a teaching or takes you someplace or takes you from the from the little mind to the big mind from the relative to the absolute something happens but it it is connected yeah, I was just going to add to that, Cam. I think that's the foundation of great storytelling, like any form of storytelling, which is the unexpected turning into a new direction um, that ultimately um, feels right. You don't see it and reveals some deeper truth that spins you in a new direction. Um, and I think, I mean, I had to create me this applies specifically to, to this kind of storytelling even especially, but it seems like it really does since we're mining them for such deeper truths through, through, through contemplation. I mean, even the little dialogue, then why is it so hard for me to stay on my feet? The assistant <laughs> asks, no need to stay on your feet. The obvious thing is, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe you need different shoes or, so, you know, something. There's all kinds of uninteresting answers to that question <laughs> but and there he was off balance again okay and uh next is uh emily no emily read uh melissa no kim and there he was off balance again strangely enough this being off balance gave him hope and led him to stay with his teacher A traveler had given the governor a fan made of rhinoceros horn. There you go. And under the Zen rule that expensive useless objects flow to those who don't care about them, the governor gave the fan to Yan, Yan Guan. Everyone forgot about it until one summer day, so there is, you know, you assume it might be warm, Yan Guan asked, bring me the rhinoceros fan. And now, Melissa. Uh, the fan is broken, said the assistant. In that case, said Yang Guan, bring me the rhinoceros. The assistant was struck dumb. Another of those present, Zaifu, drew a circle and wrote the characters for the word rhinoceros inside. <laughs> <laughs> When Yangguan asked for the rhinoceros, it was a world-stopping <coughs> question for the assistant. The glue that connected one thought to another and that pair of thoughts to another pair and so on, uh, the glue that made his reality had failed. And this time he didn't come back into balance. In his silence was a doubt that spread quickly to everything. Oh, Yang Guan had told him that doubt is a valuable spiritual state, but he hadn't understood. Now he saw that this doubt was a form of spaciousness. It destroyed any trivial thought, almost any thought, actually. His rhinoceros was a doubt about everything he was. He couldn't be sure of his name, his purpose, even the nature of a tree. He couldn't defend himself. He couldn't speak for himself since at that moment he wasn't somebody to defend or speak for. Wow. 
So it seems we need to get to that point before we can move on losing it all, doesn't it? So there was a, there was a teaching there with this vast distance between a fan and a rhino, I, th I think, to me. You know, something to move his assistant along. So now we have uh, Malen. All of this happened in the blink of an eye. Young one had just asked for the rhinoceros. Is it rhinoceros? Yes. And see through the other student was drawing the characters. The assistant became influenced by the swirl of the brush, which seemed just right. It was a perfect gesture among among many others. Young one's amusement, the young jog of the floor, on the floor. Other moments and occasions fell into place for the assistant. He remembered times when he had heard the sound of a mallet or seen geese flying in a lopsided V and somehow joined what he heard and saw. He had felt elevated and expanded for hours. Once a visitor asked the old master, what is the real body of the great Sun Buddha? The assistant groaned privately, even he couldn't work out what the question meant, and it seemed to be far from the man's real life. The assistant was learning some things though. He saw that he was squirming because his own questions were like that too, designed to conceal his own helplessness and fear. A young one wasn't provoked by helplessness and fear and just said mildly, pass me that water, pass me that water picture. The picture was in the new style, white with a blue fish. It had also been sent by the governor. The man brought it. Young one then said, would you put it back where it was? The visitor did just that. He was eager to return to his important question, which he repeated. What is the real body of the great Sun Buddha? That old Buddha died a long time ago, said Yang Guan. The assistant began to laugh inwardly, not at the man, but with him. He could see that the simple movement of the water jug held a beauty stronger than any religious idea. The laughter seemed to put him on the verge of a great discovery. Then it subsided. The poor visitor had been so intent on his question that he missed the answer. A rhinoceros was in front of him, but he returned resolutely to the fan. Years before, there had been a great persecution of Buddhism. The conflict split the royal family, and one night a prince came as a hunted man to Yangguan's temple. Yangguan asked no questions, took him in, 
and went one by one to everybody in the compound, even the children, with a simple message. It's time to keep your mouth shut. Sorry, probably time to keep my mouth shut too. <laughs> uh, just one second, now everything's gotten small so I can't read it. Um, here we go. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really enjoying this one. Um, uh, what are you enjoying about it? Just that um, it, it's, it's very, in a way it's very lighthearted but then it, and yet so deep. I mean, it it's taking this this whole situation, which I think I've found myself in many times, the the confusion of the of what's in front of you and and what you're supposed to get to learn from it. Um, and just I just really I just really like it. And you can see that the assistant is along this path to become enlightened. It's oh really, yeah, it's really big stuff for him. All these these little things, and then and then how and how aware he is of where he is, you know, and that that he is on that path, and yet he gets thrown by what happens <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Everybody did, which made up another kind of silence in which worlds revolved. The prince stayed and stayed finding that the interest in freedom, which he had at first only feigned, turned out to be genuine. This discovery that he was free <coughs> as a desperate fugitive than as a prince was also the arrival of a rhinoceros. <laughs> when conditions were a little safer, Zhang Wan asked him to go back and be a prince again. The prince was reluctant. Most of this incident struck the system now. Something precious, precious was happening if the prince had to be pursued to return to his previous life. The prince had given up the thought of being a rule, ruler and then, under pressure, agreed to take up his throne again. The prince himself thought that his decision to return was stranger and more inconceivable than if he had decided to, not to return. Laughing, he embraced Yang Wan, who was laughing too, and departed. These memories came back to the assistant in his, in his silence, and we leave him there, motionless and full of life. Hmm. Working with the koan. This koan points out that if you have a problem, you might not need to expand the pool of the know. Instead, it might be possible to deal with problems that seem to be insoluble without translating them into something you can already understand. Taking such a course would mean accepting and even embracing being in the dark.
Here, are, here you are simply presented with the inconceivable as though it were completely ordinary. If you are following along with Yang An, um, you just say, okay then, if the fan is broken, sure, I'll get the rhinoceros. What is it that you thought you couldn't do and couldn't get? If your mind allows you to, perhaps you can just get the rhinoceros. Can you remember a time when a situation stopped you in your track, not knowing what to do or say, and your mind froze by the rhinoceros of the apparently impossible, and while you stood there, another person simply acted and restored the flow of life. <clears throat> this koan this can help you bring to life that other person within yourself. Ask for a rhinoceros, Zifu immediately drew a circle and wrote, wrote it in the characters for, for, for rhinoceros. He was just willing, he was willing just to act, even though a correct course of action was not visible before he began to move. If you are stuck in some way or in a tight corner and can't imagine a way out, this koan might help. It doesn't require you to know where you are going or need a solution that makes sense in terms of the problem. When something precious. Wait, wait. I, I think this is just so important because I know we're all dealing with problems in our life and we think that understanding is the solution. Understanding and um, I think it's suggesting that there's another alternative. Maybe going beyond the problem or... or Standing uh, in the uncertainty. Yeah, in the dark, it's mentioned too. I think it's interesting how, how he says to, to do it too in sort of the everyday is sort of the, the whole concept of like the everyday sublime. You know, earlier he's talking about just noticing the, you know, more sensory, you know, things making more sense and connecting with things. And so I thought that was interesting too. Okay. When something precious is damaged, almost everyone tries at first to mend it. For example, if you had had a terrible experience or lost someone dear to you, you may think that you will not be able to survive or that you will never be happy again. It is easy to imagine that. However, if you rely on the inconceivable, you cannot know what will happen. What you can conceive of might take away your life. On the other hand, what you cannot conceive of might give you your life and even unexpected joy. When a woman's child died, she immediately knew that it would now be impossible to witness tomorrow and everything past tomorrow high school, graduation, marriage, grandchildren. <coughs> Conceiving of things has its uses, but in this case, everything she expected led to pain. It was as if she was trying to wish the fan back into wholeness, 
and to imagine a way to fix the broken fan. However hard she tried, it couldn't be restored. She found that she could only depend upon what was inconceivable. So that's the ordinary response, isn't it? Well, let's fix the fan then. When she accepted that her life was now outside anything she had ever imagined, there was no reason for living. And at the same time, there was no reason why she couldn't survive or feel joy. Many people say things like, my children give me give my life meaning, or my grandchildren give me a reason to live. This mother discovered, on the contrary, that the search for meaning led to unbearable sorrow. She had to live merely for the sake of life, without justification or achievements. She found that she was willing to do this. It also came to her that taking this path was generous to her daughter. She could think of her daughter with happiness, the way she used to wonder about her child's stay in school. She could even speak with her child in her mind, the way she did when she first knew she was pregnant. She did not have to think that, that her daughter's life was flawed or incomplete or that it came out wrong in the end. The perfection she had seen in her daughter's in her daughter as a baby extended to the girl's whole life and even to her death. That was bringing the rhinoceros. Holding the thought of that, of what should have or could have happened was trying to mend the broken fun. She was not who she had expected to be. In that way, she lived and found a valuable life for herself. People often thought of her as kind and steady. She didn't think of herself at all. This too was bringing the rhinoceros. Before the modern period, it was perhaps clearer that even an ordinary life can't be fully conceived. Nature events often bore neither a signature nor a sensible explanation. People met plague, famine, and war, and didn't have full information about what was going on. They might think that plague had something to do with rats or was related to an unfavorable conjunction of the stars but they had no way to test their assumptions. The inconceivable nature of the world becomes obvious in times of catastrophe, yet it is always present. Wait, wait, wait. Do you think, uh, Nandia, that it's ever conceivable, the nature of the world? Oh, maybe it's, that it's, it's saying that, that the nature of the world is, is always inconceivable. I guess it is. Okay. Thanks, Nandia. <laughs> we cannot fully conceive of the functioning even of 
common objects like a hand or a banana. The old teachers thought that what is inconceivable to us is ultimately the only thing that we can genuinely rely on. In this way, they managed to find happiness inside disaster and peace inside war. When disaster is here and you want to be happy, the happiness has to happen here, the dancing and the music here, even while there is a disaster. What else, uh, where else would you find happiness? <clears throat> the inconceivable is present in the supermarket next to the cans of fajita sauce. All that is needed for someone not to fulfill your expectations. For example, a stranger meets your eyes and you might look back without the thought that you are shopping and in a hurry. For that moment, the world is composed of two unknown and equal beings. Then the next moment arrives with something different. Everyone has seen kids in a parking lot doing a skateboard trick. Not something spectacular. They just jump while the skateboard sticks to their feet. The only remarkable thing is that the way the board sticks to their feet looks impossible. They could never do this by conceiving of it. And they have no way of teaching it to one another. One kid does the trick and the other sees it and try it. Uh, the others see it and try it over and over. You just rely on the rhinoceros. How do you take that? They just rely on the rhinoceros. They don't. Uh, um, the, the rhinoceros they don't being uh, uh, the word for the something that can't be defined. How do you? What were you? You, you say it. What do you think? Uh, they don't waste time trying to define it or explain it. They just try it out like a, like a coat. Uh, and they're like, oh, it doesn't fit this way and it doesn't fit that way. Oh, this way it fits. I'll do this again. Do you think Western education is a process of making everything the inconceivable conceivable or trying to? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, mean, I think it depends what Western, you know, education. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, I teach filmmaking, and uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teaching about the rhinoceros, you know. And Good so, for mean, you. Yeah. You know, what, what, one way is to add is to think about, you know, how they keep using rhinoceros is just possibility and any possibility that one could imagine that, that could be a solution forward. Just an idea. So you deal with this storytelling? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, screenwriting and filmmaking, it's different than a, than a Cohen. <laughs> um, but it's, um, there, but certainly there are commonalities, sure, right? But if there's no surprise, we'll just fall asleep. Well, yeah, there's different levels of surprise, right? Yeah, and if it's too surprising, then we'll just shake our head and walk out. Yeah, there's there's subtle turns that can provide insight and and lead to to uh, you know character depth and and evolution, character evolution, and, and people too, right? So here, a slightly more unusual event 
in which something inconceivable here is a slightly more unusual event in which something inconceivable happened a friend was in the Paris metro when a disheveled what's the word disheveled man came into the subway train I've heard a similar story from more than one friend so maybe it is an archetype of the metro the man seemed to be drunk or deeply disturbed his shirt was off he was bleeding and perhaps he had been beaten up he was sweating gesturing violent gesturing violently and swearing at the young woman in the car as he spoke saliva sprayed from his mouth it was clear my friend said that he wanted something but he was also a frightening apparition and the young people in the car made themselves small and pressed back against the sides of the car hoping not to be noticed my friend who is Japanese <coughs> and already small was not sure she understood what was happening so she followed their cue and, <coughs> and shrank back with them however as the man stumbled along the aisle an old woman, whom nobody had noticed until that time, reached up and took his hand. She tugged gently. His body followed her hand down, and he collapsed onto the seat beside her. As she held his head against her breast, he began to sobbing. In this case, the appearance of the rhino changed things for everybody in that subway car. A moment of fear and danger became an occasion for kindness. Such a transformation is one of the truly creative acts a person can bring about. Science reconceives the nature of physical world quite regularly, and lay people do their best, and lay people do their best to keep up by holding an appropriate mental image, perhaps by seeing the universe as a sort of giant orange, a fancy orange, with pipes and pips, 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 and odd spirals of galaxies. Buddhism also has its cosmologies. One teacher tried to get beyond the orange with pips model by building a room in which every surface was a mirror. The teacher and the emperor of the day of the day entered the room in darkness. Then a candle was in the middle of the room. The emperor was appropriately dazzled. It's nice to have your mind blown blown by a new concept. And dazzling that what is that? Dazzling. Dazzling, thank you. Once armor fun. The rhinoceros, rhinoceros con the points points to a way of functioning that welcomes any new conception of reality but does not depend upon it. Perhaps excitement of the new idea comes partly from the feeling of freedom that accompanies the loss of the previous idea. Go to the previous page just for a second. And the next page. 
You mean forward or back? Forward, please. At the end, Yangon, like everyone else, stepped into the inconceivable. He just died peacefully, without much illness. The fugitive prince eventually became emperor and returned to visit the training temple where so much had changed for him. But Yangon had gone ahead into death and the prince didn't have a chance to thank him. Yangon had often left a space where people were expecting something solid. Wow, that was a great chapter. I think we should reread the koan. Uh, Cody? No, Christian. You want to read it? Chapter 3, Rhinoceros, one more time. One day, Yangun called to his assistant, Bring me the rhinoceros fan, the assistant said. It is broken, Yangun said. In that case, bring me the rhinoceros. Okay. Thank you. Oh. That was a beautiful commentary, I thought. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone can find a rhinoceros fan. We have to see one. <laughs> Should we have a race? Is it a real thing, I wonder, that is a common thing? Who knows? rhinocerosfan.com Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry. I, I just did rhinoceros. So here's another version of the I of the uh, koan. Just a second, I'll make it bigger. By Norman Fisher, a senior Zen teacher in San Francisco. Um, just a second. So I guess these are two alternatives. One made that it's just made of rhinoceros horn and the other is that it has a picture of a rhinoceros. Everyday Zen is a wonderful website of uh, Norman Fisher's, all his his stuff. And here's another uh, thing. 
What happens when you click on images? That's there right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But not too much. Let's see. It looks feathered there. That's strange. So it's not a common uh, thing, sir. I'll do images here. I can get a lot of images. Lots of rhinos, but no. to leave but I did enjoy a lot thank you okay well we're going to all leave I think but thank you thank you all see you next week if anyone can bring a rhinoceros fan they get extra credit thank you bye 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 see everybody bye bye